Well, hello, City First Church. We are so glad that each and every one of you are with us today. Let's take a moment and welcome all of our friends at Cape Coral right here, Spring Creek and State Line, our Church Online family. And of course, God Behind Bars. Let's give everybody a huge round of applause. Give yourself a round of applause. You are in the right place. And I'm believing that over the next 30 minutes that God would speak to us right where we're at that he would speak to us collectively and also individually like only the God of the universe can. And today is a significant day because today is the first Sunday of 2021, which means we are officially done with the year of 2020. Some of you wanna give God praise for that. And as I've been talking to people, as we've been wrapping up December, and now we're into the very first few days of January of 2021, I'm seeing that there are two different approaches into this brand new year. There are those people who are really excited about 2021, right? Like the famous Oprah Winfrey meme that we have for you here. She's very excited. Everyone, a New Year's Day 2021. And then there also is the camp of people who are a little bit hesitant about 2021, like our friend Dwight right here. He says, Happy New Year, wrong. The happiness of the upcoming year has yet to be determined. Or how about this one? Good old Leo, me in January, 2020 is finally over. Next year will be better, maybe, I'm not sure. Or maybe you've seen this meme floating around. What if 2020 is just a trailer for 2021? Dun, dun, dun. How many of you have thought that? Or maybe you've seen this meme. It's been everywhere, all over the interweb. Nobody claimed 2020 as their year. We're gonna be good. We're gonna walk in real quiet and don't touch anything. Right, there's two different approaches to 2021, but whether we feel ready for it or not, it's here, 2020 is upon us. And if I'm honest, I can lean into the second camp of people by, by in my own human nature, I can feel a little bit hesitant about 2021 because 2020 was a rough year, right? Some of you as we're entering 2021, you just feel like we're going to the next level of Jumanji right now and you wanna get out of the game. But here's the deal, 2020 was a hard year. It was a strange year, it was a difficult year, and we grew accustomed to a lot of things that we never thought that we would. Things like wearing masks, or social distancing, or self-quarantine, or remote learning, remote working, not seeing friends and family over holidays. Some people grew accustomed to living in doubt, anxiety, fear, worry, depression, loneliness, quarreling. But the last few weeks, as we've been wrapping up 2020, entering into 2021, God has just been encouraging me and challenging me and nudging me. And I wanna encourage you and challenge you today before we even dive into our topic today. And this is what God's been speaking to me that I wanna share with you. He's just been whispering this to me. 2020 is not our new default. 2020 is not our new default. Don't let what happened last year Determine your expectation for what God wants to do in you, through you, in this new year. Whether last year was one of the hardest years of your life or it was an okay year, Ephesians 3.20 still applies. God can do exceedingly, abundantly, beyond what we could ever dare to ask, dream, or imagine. And so on this first Sunday of 2021, I wanna encourage you and I wanna invite you to join me and let's lift our expectations for what God can do this year. 
Let's lift our expectation. Let's believe again. Let's have faith again. Let's have hope again. Let's live in joy again. Let's receive God's peace again. God wants you to dream for the life that he has for you and giving God thanks and having faith does not diminish the hardship that you went through or that you are currently in the middle of. I know it was a heavy year. You know, some people are treating 2020 like it's a curse word, right? But instead of cursing 2020, I want to invite you to give God thanks that he got us through 2020. Instead of cursing 2020, let's give God thanks that he did miracles in the middle of 2020. Let's give God thanks that he provided in 2020, that he was with us, that he never left us, that he grew us in faith and in strength, that God used this church to give away 1.5 million pounds of food to people who are hungry. We have reason to give God thanks. Let's not curse 2020, but let's give God thanks for it. And I know that we just celebrated New Year's Eve, right? Just a couple of days ago. How many of you stayed up way too late on New Year's? You were excited to say goodbye 2020 and hello 2021. You know, we have two little boys, three-year-old and five-year-old, so they don't really get the whole concept and they can't really read time very well. So we're telling them, we're going to stay up late. We're going to welcome in the new year 2021. My five-year-old's like, I want to do that too. We're like, yeah, let's do it. So we got the party maker, like the noisemakers and the party hats and the confetti shooters. And about 7.45, I was like, okay, guys, here we go. And we turned on YouTube and we watched the ball drop from, 20, from last year, 2019. We're like, okay, here we go. And we all counted down together. Five, four, three, two, one. They're shooting off their confetti. Nash is running around the house. He's so excited. He collapses on the couch. It's like 7.58. He's like, mom, is this the latest I've ever stayed up in my entire life? He's like, it sure is, baby. You stayed up so late. Don't judge me for lying to my kids. They don't know yet. But I know that with ringing in the new year, when there's a flip of the calendar, we also wish there's a flip of a switch that would make all of our challenges go away. We wish that there was a flip of a switch that would make all of our hardships go away, the ones that came from COVID and the ones that existed long before COVID. But the truth is that we all find ourselves in some types of storms in life, and we don't know how long that they'll last. We're in it until we're not. And the thing that we get to believe and that we know is that as we're facing a new year, God still has new hope for us. So how do we walk into a new year with new hope even if you find yourself in the middle of some of the same storms and in the same boat. Well, I'm glad that you asked, and the title of our message today is New Year, New Hope, Same Boat. And we're going to read together from the New Testament of the Bible, Mark chapter 4, verse 35. If you have a Bible, you can open it up. If you don't, the words will be on the screen. And also on the City First Church app, you can follow along with all of the scripture that we're reading this morning. But it says this as we read it together. Later that day, after it grew dark, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross over to the other side of the lake. After they had sent the crowd away, they shoved off from shore with him, and he had been teaching from the boat. And there were other boats that sailed with them as well. Suddenly, as they were crossing the lake, a ferocious tempest arose with violent winds and waves that were crashing into the boat, and it was all but swamped. But Jesus 
was calmly sleeping in the stern, resting on a cushion. So they shook him awake, saying, Teacher, don't you even care that we are all about to die? Fully awake, he rebuked the storm and shouted to the sea, Hush, calm down. All at once, the wind stopped howling and the water became perfectly calm. Then he turned to his disciples and said to them, Why are you so afraid? Haven't you learned to trust me yet? But they were overwhelmed with fear and awe and said to one another, Who is this man who has such authority that even the wind and the waves obey him? God, we thank you for your word. God, we thank you that your word is sharper than a double-edged sword, able to divide between spirit and flesh. And God, as we're here today, we're not just here to fill time. God, we want an encounter with you. And God, I pray that you would do this morning what only you can do. I pray you would help me to get out of the way so you can say what you want to say. May every heart and every mind be open to you today. And in your name, amen. So in this passage, there's a lot to take in, right? Some of you are just caught up in the whole idea that, oh my goodness, I got to be on a lake in a boat. That would be nice. We're in the middle of snowstorms here in the Midwest, right? You're like, I wish that I was traveling somewhere. You miss traveling. And not only do you miss traveling, you miss traveling and people watching, right? Watching different types of travelers is very fascinating. We've got the confident traveler, the anxious traveler, the reluctant traveler, the preoccupied traveler, the very prepared traveler that has two backpacks and every single thing that you could ever need, neck pillow, blanket, first aid kit, all of the things. And we see that everyone travels differently. And in the story that we just read, we have Jesus and his disciples, and they're traveling in one boat, but there's also other boats traveling with them. See, Jesus is a big deal now, and he was a big deal then. And so Jesus traveled with an entourage. You've got Jesus traveling in his boat, and then you have other boats that are traveling with them. And so you can picture it. Whenever I read the Bible, I try to picture, I can picture all of these boats are in this lake. And then one storm comes, and hits all the boats. One storm hitting all the boats. So we have the same storm hitting different boats. And doesn't that apply to each and every one of us? So we've all been hit with this COVID storm, and yet we've all been riding it out in different boats. That the same storm has hit everybody. And when I look back at how we all traveled through 2020, we've all done it differently. Same storm, different boats. Same storm, different struggles. Same storm, different impacts. Same storm, different hangups. Same storm, different habits. Same storm, different hurts. Same storm, different troubles. And as I traveled through 2020, there were times that my boat was filled with faith. And there are other times that my boat was filled with frustration. And there are other times that my boat was filled with a heavy heart. Maybe you traveled through 2020 with a lot of anxiety in your boat. Or maybe you had smooth sailing, or maybe you felt like your boat was sinking. And as we head into 2021, I've been thinking about how I journeyed in 2020 and what I want to be different as I set sail into this brand new year. And I want to ask that to you. What about you? What, what took up too much space in your boat as you journeyed through 2020? Was it worry? Was it pessimism? Was it apathy? Maybe it was complacency. You know, no one ever chooses to be complacent. You just choose to not do anything about a lot of things, and you end up in a complacent spot. Maybe that was your 2020. 
maybe being home so much, you ended up going back to an addiction. Maybe you've lived in selfishness or small-mindedness. But as we're in the beginning of a fresh new year, what do you need less of in 2021? And what do you need more of in 2021? And I know that a lot of people aren't making New Year's resolutions. You're like, I'm too tired to think about not having dairy, okay? But as we are in the beginning of a new year, my one resolution is that even if 2021 is the same as 2020, I won't be the same as I was in 2020. And even if a lot of things don't change in 2021, by God's grace, I'm believing that there's going to be a lot of change in me in 2021. But for that to happen, there has to be a whole lot more of one thing for me and a whole lot more of one thing for you. We all need to have a lot more of Jesus in our boats. We need more of Jesus. We need more of Jesus in our lives, more of Jesus in our calendars, more of Jesus coming out of our mouth, more of Jesus in our hearts, more prayers to Jesus. This world needs Jesus and we need Jesus. And here's what I've learned is that we may not always be able to choose our storms, but we can always choose who is in our boat. We can't choose the storms that come our way, but we can choose who we go through the storms with. We can always choose Jesus, and we can have more of Jesus. You can have as much of Jesus as you want in this brand new year. That's good news for each and every one of us. And the most important choice, yes, is that we have Jesus in our boat. But also when storms come, who you have in your boat with you really matters. Maybe there are some people who really brought you down in 2020 who only spoke negative things, who wasn't all about Jesus. Maybe we need to reevaluate who is in our boat in 2020. You know, what voices have you allowed to run rampant in your life in 2020? Long after social distancing is over, there are still going to be some people that you need to keep some social distance from, right? We want to be wise about who we journey with. And so, yes, the disciples had Jesus in their boat, which is amazing. Can you imagine that all of the other boats who are in the lake with Jesus, when the storm comes, they're probably all looking at Jesus's boat being like, man, why don't we get in the boat with Jesus? They, they get to have Jesus with them in the middle of the storm. And here we are. We don't have Jesus in our boat. I can imagine friends talking in the boat like, why didn't we get in the boat with Jesus? And the other friend's like, because Jesus said we're leaving at seven and you're late. You're always late. You're on your phone. You're watching TikTok. Then your phone dies and you need your battery. And then you got to get your charger. So you got to go back to your mama's house and get your charger and pack up your snacks. And you got back and Jesus had already launched off. But you've got Jesus in the boat with their friends, with his inner circle. And the disciples are followers, people that were learning the way of Jesus. And they had Jesus in their boat, which is a great move. And yet they were still experiencing the storm. Because a life with Jesus doesn't mean that we won't have any storms, but it does mean that we don't have to go through the storms alone, that we get to go through the storms with Jesus. And here's what gets me about this story, is that Jesus is the one who thought of crossing the lake in the boat. That was Jesus's idea, right? He's like, okay, guys, get in the boat. We're going to go and cross to the other side by way of boat. It was his idea. He's the one who said to do that. But if you read about the geography of this setting, going by land would have been safer. It would have been easier, and it would have accomplished the same mission. And yet Jesus says, let's go by boat. Now here's the thing. Jesus wasn't surprised by the storm because he's the son of God. But Jesus didn't cause the storm either. That's why he rebukes the storm. 
He didn't want the storm. He rebukes the storm, but he also didn't want to waste the opportunity that the storm presented for the people that he loved to grow in their faith and to grow in their authority and to grow in their trust in him. He knew that this storm could make the disciples stronger if they let it, if they praised him through it instead of cursing it. And I think that's why Jesus is asleep in the boat. Do you know that this is the only time in the entire Bible that records Jesus as asleep. Not when he was a baby. We know babies don't sleep. Shout out to all the mamas. Not when he was a teenager. We know teenagers can sleep to an impressive hour. Shout out to all the teenagers. The only time that Jesus is documented as sleeping is in this storm, in this boat. Why? As I've been reading this, I've been asking myself that question, why is this the only time that it's recorded that Jesus was asleep? See, the storm presented an opportunity for those who were with Jesus to trust him. Every storm presents an opportunity either for us to lean into Jesus or run away. And it's okay if in the middle of the storm you got questions, you're frustrated, you feel angry. We all, we all have those moments and God can handle that. But we don't want to stay that way. We want to learn from the storms that we can trust Jesus. And doesn't that sum up so much of 2020 that we have learned to trust Jesus? See, Jesus was always empowering his disciples. And he still does today. God empowers us. Romans 8, 11 says, the spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. The spirit of God that raised Jesus from the dead lives in me. And so even though Jesus was asleep, I believe he was fully aware of what was going on. And so he's there on his cushion in the boat, eyes closed. They think he's sleepy and I think he knows what's going on. And I can imagine that he's like, all right, guys, this is your time to shine. You've been journeying with me. You've committed your life to the way that I live because I'm the son of God. You know what to do. This is your moment. This is your time to exercise your faith. This is the time. Speak to the storm. Pray that the wind would cease and the waves would cease. Trust me. You've got it. I'm right here with you. I'm for you. Go for it, guys. But the disciples felt so stuck in their circumstances. It's all that they could see. And instead of trusting Jesus, which means having confidence, having confidence in Jesus, they felt confident in their feelings. Instead of living by faith, they began to live by sight. Instead of recognizing that this storm would pass, they gave up all of their hope. They were stuck in their circumstances. All they could see is what was going on around them. The wind, the waves, the water filling the boat. They didn't respond to their circumstances. They reacted. And there's a big difference. They reacted out of fear, feeling like Jesus had forgotten about them. That's why they said to him in verse 39, don't you care that we are about to die? And haven't we all been there? As we've been in the storms of life, there's been moments that we've been like, hello, Jesus. I'm over here drowning. Do you see me? And you feel stuck in your circumstances. You know, for many of you, maybe you feel like, I just need a breakthrough in 2021. And Jesus wants you to have that breakthrough. But in order for you to have that breakthrough, you've got to make a move. 
You've got to make a move. The disciples felt stuck in their circumstances, and that's when the wind was happening. They were covered in fear. But as soon as they turned to Jesus and said, Jesus, will you help me? That's when miracles begin to happen. Some of you have been journeying with Jesus, and you feel like he's been asleep in your boat, and yet you haven't turned to him to say, would you help me? You've been trying to figure it out on your own. You want a breakthrough. You've got to make a move. Turn to Jesus. Speak to the storm. Believe for bigger things. Have faith again. Have hope again. Again, Jesus is for you. And so many times we only focus on what we can see happening around us and we forget to tap into the power of Jesus that lives within us. And it's the power of Jesus that lives within us that has the ability to transform what's happening around us. And maybe you feel like Jesus has been taking a nap on you and a nap, taking a nap in your situation. Like, how can Jesus take a nap in the middle of a storm? Don't you feel envious of the people who can sleep anywhere? You're like, you're sleeping on the floor. How do you do that? Some of you need like your sleep number bed and the temperature to be just right. You got to have the fan going. There's fan people, not fan people. But Jesus is sleeping in the middle of a storm and he can take a nap in the middle of a storm because he knows that this storm is not going to take them out. He knows the outcome. He knows that this ends in their victory. So Jesus, he does respond to their cry for help and he does calm the storm. But what he does after he calms the storm, I think is of, is of equal importance, right? After his disciples had experienced a surprise storm, water's filling the boat. They feel like Jesus forgot about them. They were full of fear to the point that they thought they were going to die. Jesus looks at his disciples and he doesn't condemn them. Jesus doesn't condemn. He might convict, but not condemn, but he doesn't condemn them after this near-death experience. And he also doesn't comfort them. Jesus must have been an Enneagram 8, right? He doesn't condemn them, but he doesn't comfort them. He simply responds by asking these two questions. Why are you so afraid? And haven't you learned to trust me yet? Can you imagine the disciples being like, we almost died. We're a small boat in the middle of a large body of water. And Jesus just says, why are you so afraid? Because like, we almost died. No, why are you so afraid? Why haven't you learned to trust me yet? See, God's way is far above our ways. His thoughts are far above our thoughts. What rattles us does not even phase God. He created the entire earth, and yet he knows you by name. There is nothing that our God cannot do. There is no one that our God cannot heal. There is no situation that is bigger than the ability of our God. There is no person that he cannot reach. And yet how quickly we forget. And instead of turning to Jesus and putting our trust in Jesus, we begin to turn to worry and to fear. And we have more confidence in our feelings than we do in the ability of Jesus. And that's why it says this in Philippians 4, 6 and 7. It's a famous verse. You probably know it. It says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. See, you can't do both. Worry and pray at the same time. Instead of worrying, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Thank him for all that he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which passes all of our understanding. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Who wants more of God's peace guarding their hearts and their minds in 2021? See, here's the thing. Worry causes you to focus on the wrong things. When you're worried, you are focused on all the wrong things. Worry causes you to focus on the problem and your own inadequacy. That's all you can see. 
When you're worried, you're focused on the problem. Maybe your problem is your finances. And so you're just worried about your finances. It's all that you're seeing. And then you're focused on your own inadequacy. I don't have enough. I don't know how to make enough. I'm never going to be able to pay these bills. Maybe there's a problem with someone that you love. There's a broken relationship. So you're focusing on the problem, the broken relationship, and then you're in adequacy to the problem. I can't fix this. I can't make them choose this. I can't make them want the right thing. I can't make them forgive me for what I did. You're focused on the problem, and then you're in adequacy to the problem. That's what the disciples did. They looked around, and they saw the storm, and they saw the problem of the wind and the waves, and they said, well, I can't fix this. So they were full of worry. But what does prayer do? Prayer causes us to focus on the right things. Prayer causes us to focus on God and on his supremacy. Supremacy means all authority, all power belongs to God. See, you can't fix your finances, but with God's help, you can. You can't fix your marriage, but God sure can do a miracle in it. You can't calm the sea, but God sure can. You can't break free from that addiction on your own, but with the help of the Holy Spirit, those who are set free from Jesus are free indeed. See, when we worry, we are operating under the assumption that it is up to us to fix our problem. But believing that it's up to you to fix your problem is actually doubting God's ability to fix your problems. So how are we going to be different in 2021 than we were in 2020? How am I going to be different in 2021 than I was in 2020? I'm going to allow the storms that I faced last year and the year before and the year before and the year before to grow my faith and trust in Jesus this year. When I'm in the middle of the storm, I'm going to pray a whole lot more and worry a whole lot less. Pray about everything instead of worrying about everything. What if by the end of 2021, we really had applied this big idea of placing our trust and placing our confidence in God? What if we daily say, God, I choose to trust you. I choose to trust you. I choose to trust you. I trust you with my finances. I trust you with this hang up. I trust you with this broken relationship. And what if by the end of 2021, Jesus didn't have to ask us again, why are you so afraid? Why haven't you learned to trust me yet? What if instead by the end of 2021, Jesus says, so proud of you. You walk through this year with such peace with such joy, with such confidence, because you put your faith and your trust in me. I want that to be my story. That by the end of 2021, the things that would have thrown me in 2020 don't throw me in 2021, not because I'm good, but because God is good. Not because of my ability, but because I trust God's ability. And you might say, I want that, Lisa. I want to walk through this this life, this year, full of faith, full of trust. You know, when you trust somebody, you're willing to go out on a limb. You're willing to do crazy things. Some of you have been stuck in your circumstances and you need to have that breakthrough and you need to make your move. And God's saying, if you trust me, you're going to have the courage to do the things that I've been asking you to do. If you trust me, you're going to be willing to be obedient, to take that step that you think is a risk, but it's going to launch you into the purpose-filled life that God has for you. So how do we grow our trust? How do we grow our faith? 
in 2021? Well, as you guys know, if you've been around City First for any amount of time, every year we start off by doing prayer and fasting, 21 days of prayer and fasting. Next week, Pastor Jeremy's launching an incredible message series, but in addition to that, we're also gonna be launching 21 days of prayer and fasting. And I know that might sound like intimidating. Some people are like, I can't imagine praying for 21 days. Some people are like, I can't imagine not praying for 21 days. No matter where you're at on your faith journey, 21 days of prayer and fasting is perfect for you. And we make it super simple. There's like a prayer guide. It's a couple minutes a day. Everything's available on our website and on social media or on the City First Church app. And maybe you're like, yeah, I can do the prayer thing, but the fasting thing, that seems like extreme. Okay, most people don't end up fasting like food for 21 days, but maybe they fast a certain type of food. Some people fast social media. Some people, maybe you need to fast the news. Don't worry, it'll all be there waiting for you at the end of 21 days. Maybe some people need to fast Amazon. My husband's praying, that's why I choose to be my fast for these 21 days. You know, but I always think about this, you know, when you fast something, you give up something that you love for something that you love even more. You give up something that you love so that you can be close to Jesus, so that you're reminded to turn to Jesus in the boat and not turn to worry. So you're reminded where your help comes from, where we put our faith and our trust. And so I wanna encourage everybody just to be thinking about it and say, God, I wanna participate. What do you want me to do? Cause man, I'm ready to be different this year than I was last year. And that means we gotta do some things differently. So 21 days of prayer and fasting is a great place to start. I love what Tim Keller says about prayer. Prayer is to the soul what blood is to the body. It is essential for life. And here's what's amazing, is that what comes to you doesn't end with you. When you get better, everybody around you gets better. You know, when Jesus calmed the storm, it was not just for the benefit of his immediate boat with his few disciples. When Jesus calmed the storm, not only did his boat benefit, but every boat in the lake benefited. Every boat benefited. Your trust in Jesus in 2021 is gonna bless somebody else. Your faith in Jesus in 2021 is gonna be a blessing to those who are around you. It's gonna be a blessing to your family. They need you to have faith. They need you to trust Jesus. It's gonna be a blessing to your workplace. Somebody needs you to have faith. They need you to trust Jesus. And when troubles arise, people are gonna look at you and say, aren't you afraid? Aren't you afraid of this storm? And you're gonna say, no, I've learned that lesson. I've learned to trust Jesus. And if he saw me through 2020, he's gonna see me through 2021. And if he saw me through that family crisis, he's gonna see me through this crisis. And if he healed my friend, he can heal me too. I'm not depending on myself and my own inadequacy anymore. I'm turning to Jesus. I'm placing my confidence and my trust in him, believing that all supremacy, all power, all authority belongs to God. How are we gonna be different by the end of 2021? Let's grow in our faith, let's grow in our trust and just see what God does in you and what God does through you. If you're in the room today and you're able, I wanna invite you to stand with me. If you're at home online, feel free to do that as well if you want to. But I just wanna take a moment, I wanna pray as we launch into this brand new year. Let's surrender the worries of yesterday so we can embrace the future that God has for us today and tomorrow. You know, some of you are just like, I just need a fresh start. I regret a lot of how I lived 2020. My boat was filled with all the wrong things. 
Well, do you know that our God is a kind God and it says that His mercies are new every morning. He's a God who gives fresh grace for every day. And so I just wanna pray a prayer that we would receive all that God has for us as we surrender everything that we are never meant to carry. If you feel comfortable, feel free to extend your hands just as symbolic of saying, I surrender and I receive. God, we thank you so much for who you are. I thank you for each and every one of my friends who are joining us in person and online. And God, I know that there's a lot of different stories and there's a lot of heavy things and there's a lot of tough storms that people have found themselves in this year. And in this quiet moment, we surrender our worry. We surrender our regret. We surrender everything that's weighing heavy on us. And in return, we receive your freedom. We receive your strength. We receive that breakthrough in the name of Jesus. We receive healing for those who are sick. We receive all that you have for each and every one of us. God, we thank you that this new year holds new promises that we can walk into it full of new hope, new faith. Those who have lost hope, I pray you to restore it to them now in the name of Jesus. Those who have been living in frustration, I pray that you would break through with a peace that can only come from you. God, I pray that you would give us the wisdom to know what to do and that you would give us the courage to do it. We thank you, Jesus, for all that you have for us. And in your name we pray, amen. Would you give God praise as you're full of expectation for what He's gonna do as we trust Him. Nothing is impossible for our God. He is good, He loves you, He does good. And just in this moment where we're in a prayerful moment, I just have one last question and then we're gonna wrap up our time together. Maybe you're in here or online and you've never made Jesus the leader and the forgiver of your life. We're talking about placing our confidence and our trust in Jesus. Maybe you've been trying to live life on your own, but today you wanna to say, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God, that He died on the cross for my sins, rose again, giving me a life of victory and a life of freedom. And if everyone just would bow their head for just a moment, we wanna give people the privacy and just the personal moment right now. If that's you and you wanna make Jesus the leader and forgiver of your life, would you go ahead and slip up your hand? And if you're watching online and you wanna make that decision, there's gonna be a button for you to press as well. Let's all go ahead and repeat this prayer after me so that no one is saying it alone. Dear Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me. Thank you for a fresh start. Thank you that you're always with me. I make you the leader and forgiver of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give everybody who made that decision a huge round of applause. Best way to start 2021.